What is it like to be a teenager these days? I remember my teenage years. A lot of them, some of them. They were great. They were confusing. They were dreadful. They were fun. It was everything. We were all, you know, full of angst. I think all of us are like that when we go through our teen years. A teenager this year recently won the U.S. Open Women's Tournament. Bianca Andreescu from Canada, born in the year 2000, beat Serena Williams pretty handily. I watched. It was a good tournament. A teenager, Billie Eilish, born in December 2001, has pretty much owned pop music charts for the past several months. Her first, uh, The first post-2000 born person to have a number one hit on Billboard. Her album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go?, was released in March this year. It hit number one in several countries. The single Bad Guy hit number one in Billboard. So she's not even 18 yet? Born in December 2001? I'm doing the math. Hey, this is Tim Patterson, Trade Show Guy, and this is Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee, the weekly video blog slash podcast. I own the company Trade Show Guy Exhibits. I've written a couple of books you can find on Amazon. Uh, Just look for my name or look for Trade Show Success or Trade Show Superheroes. I have blogged for nearly 11 years at tradeshowguyblog.com. Check it out, and I'm about to officially launch the new Trade Show Guy Hub website, kind of the Landing spot for all that stuff at tradeshowguy.net. Nearly done. You might as well go check it out. It'll keep changing. Uh, but check it out and let me know what you think. So there are undoubtedly a lot of other teenagers doing well in the world, but obviously the two that I mentioned are the exceptions. You know, were you famous as a teen? I can't imagine have been, having been famous as a teen. Uh, most of us were not famous. I don't know if that's something I'd wish on anyone. I mean, we can all think of child stars who, once they became adults, faded into obscurity with the rare exception. What, Judy Garland, maybe? Is it good to be famous while you're young and then barely remembered or acknowledged when you're in your mid-20s or early 30s? Uh, just pondering the teen years because two teens I know and love are having birthdays today. My stepson, Evan, is turning 16 today. My good friend's daughter, Cadence, is turning 17. I can't believe they're both driving now. I knew them as, like, wee sprites. Anyway, it's, uh, they're, well, I guess I knew Evan since he was about eight. Uh, they're growing up. They're slowly finding their way. Evan is, like, this much taller than me now. It's a good thing that they're all growing up. It's great to see. So fun to see. And uh, happy birthday to both of them. Hey, this week on the podcast, really fun interview with Laura Allen. Laura and I met while we were both members of Peter Shankman's Shankmines group, and I keep seeing all the great things she's doing, and I wanted to get her to kind of stop moving for about 10 or 15 minutes and talk about what she does. Uh, She's great at helping people figure out how to present themselves to others in a business sense. She's known as the Pitch Girl, and it was a really fun conversation. Hope you enjoy this. I want to welcome Laura Allen of uh, the Pitch Girl. I guess she is the Pitch Girl to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Laura, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. Now, so we're like across the country from each other. I'm in Oregon. You're in New York City. Did you grow up there? I'm just curious. Has that been home forever? I grew up in beautiful Oneida, New York, where there are cows and there was one streetlight in my town. And when I was 18, I said, you know what? Um, Small town life is not for me. So I'm moving to the big city. Well, there you go. See, I grew up in the mountains, uh, which was even the small town was like 20 miles from me. So that's, I mean, but now I'm in like a city of 250,000, not quite like New York City, but it's a city. So, you know, anyway, I want to talk to you about the pitch girl. You and I met, I think it was uh, the, the Peter Shankman Shankmines group here uh, a couple of years ago. 
which was a fun group, a lot of great people in there. I've had a couple of them on the uh, podcast before, and so yeah. welcome to, because of that. So I'm curious, what you what is Pitch Girl? But I came up with the idea of the Pitch Girl because so many people have they they really don't know how to pitch themselves, and they really get stuck. So I said, you know what, um, I'm going to help them out. You know, th this is not, I, I never set out to do this. I didn't think this would be my legacy, <laughs> but I think it's something, it's something people struggle with. You go to that networking event and you're tongue tied. You're not really sure what to say. And the person doesn't get what you do and you lose all confidence. Or at least I did when I started doing this, um, over 20 years ago at this point. Wow. <laughs> long time ago. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I think one of your websites uh, or the website, The Pitch Girl, had a, had a link to a video that is, uh, showed you talking uh, or, or the effect of, of talking to some women after like an hour and then how they were before and after, which is really fascinating how they were able to synthesize and distill what they were trying to tell people. I mean, that, that seems to be the essence of what you're doing. Yeah. And, and when I started, people said, oh, that's not possible. You can't pitch yourself in 15 seconds. It's a two minute elevator pitch. Right. And I kept saying, how tall is the building? You know, I mean, <laughs> two minutes is a really long time unless you're Tony Robbins and you're really dynamic, you're going to lose people in two minutes. So really now, now I think people are more, they know that the listener is busy, they're distracted. So they, they understand they have to pitch in 15 seconds or less. So what is the essence of, of the pitch? The, the essence is, I'm going to tell you the four key steps to creating a 15-second pitch, if that's okay. Sure, yeah, please. Um, it, it's the, this is the skeleton of the pitch. Uh, over 35,000 people have used this effectively over the years, so it works. Good. Step number one is who you are. So that's pretty easy. Hello, yep. my name is Laura Allen. That's yep. pretty simple. Yep. Uh, step number two is what you do and don't get clever. So I'm a website designer. I'm a financial advisor. I am whatever it is you do, but don't confuse them on step number two because if you confuse them, you lose them. Okay. Step number three is where it gets, it gets kind of crazy. I do these in-person workshops. People get wild. It got really heated the last time I did this because step number three is why you are the best at what you do. And so you're really differentiating yourself at this point. Really differentiating. And people will say, well, that, that's going to sound arrogant. And, you know, how do I know I'm the best? And I don't want to do that. You don't have to say, here's why I'm the best. You could just give an example. And here's a great example that no one will ever forget because it's, it's so remarkable. I have a client. Her name is Melanie Curtis. She's a professional skydiver. <laughs> She's jumped out of an airplane over 11,000 times. So what makes her the best? Um, jumping out of an airplane over 11,000 times. <laughs> that's, what makes her, that's what makes her the best. Nobody has any questions after that. They're just like, okay, um, I trust you if I'm going to jump out of an airplane. And, but it gets a little bit, here's why. If I were to say to you what makes you different, you're, you're going to hedge. You're going to chicken out and you're going to say, I love my clients. I, you know, I strive to be the best. That's assumed. If you don't love your clients, you're going to be out of business in five minutes. 
Yeah, we give the best so, customer service and all that stuff. Everyone says who that. Cares? Yeah, who right. cares, right? Whether you do or not, people always say it. So get specific and really dig deep because that's what's going to make people remember you. I guarantee you if you see Melanie Curtis, you're going to remember 11,000 times and you're going right. to mention that. So step number four is the one that people miss almost every single time, and it's the call to action. Uh-huh. The call to action is if you know, you're in my age range and used to watch late night TV and you would see Ginsu knives or whatever it was, a mop, it, it's 1.30 in the morning, you, know, you got insomnia, and this guy's going to sell you this mop that you need. You need it right now. And if you call within the next 15 minutes, you get two mops for the price of one. Because who needs more, just, just one mop, right? You need two mops. <laughs> it, they, they're going to explain why you need two. I, I didn't even want one mop. I don't like to clean, but I'm getting up. I'm finding my credit card, and I'm calling that number because that's a good call to action. Yeah. So it could be sign up for my newsletter. Uh, I offer a 30-minute free consultation. Whatever it is. But you get them in the moment. You get them to take action in the moment. So if you're at a face-to-face networking event, you give them a reason to follow up with you. So that's a good, that kind of leads to the next thing. So is this mainly for uh, introduction, like at a networking event, or this is not a sales call. This is not a, a, a pitch for business. It's more of a, here's who I am. Let's find out if, if there's a fit for even what you want or what I do. And that's kind of the introductory thing. Is that, is that how you would look at this? Yeah, I look at it as a first date or even, you know, to get the first date, you tell them a little bit about yourself. You get them interested. And the sales call is a different thing. You're going to frame that in a different way. It's longer. You might have an outline of what you want to cover. Um, This is just, Hey, here, this is who I am. This is what I do. Uh, Here's why we should connect. That's kind of what you're saying in this quick pitch. And most people are going to run over time. Right. They, might, they, they might give you two minutes. People are still going to run out of time in two minutes. So if you can do it in 15 seconds, you stand out and you differentiate just based on that. Because most people are like, ooh, I couldn't do that. <laughs> right, right. That's a differentiator right there. Yeah, now, I was looking at your website. I have to ask you this. I'm kind of shifting gears a little bit. What's the Steel Pyramid and Star Wars story? Okay. <laughs> so um, I got my start in advertising which I loved. And I worked for a company that was very much Mad Men, only it very much was like that. That's the way people behaved. And I would get called to go on pitches at the very last minute. So I got called to go on this pitch and it was a company that wanted to get the rights to brand Star Wars products on backpacks, umbrellas, that sort of thing. And we had six days because the client, the client didn't know and they hedged and they weren't sure. We had six days to put this together. So what we did is we created a steel pyramid. The company was called Pyramid, so that made sense. We created that. I had my friends in Brooklyn, my artist friends create it, and we shipped it out to George Lucas and we had a little R2D2 recorder within the pyramid and it told the story of why that company should get the licensing rights uh, to episode one of Star Wars. And George Lucas called the client and he said, it's the most creative pitch (laughs) I've heard. This is amazing, this large pyramid, this is really cool, you guys got it. And that was a $60 million deal. 
Wow. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the funny thing about it was when I was pitching the president, uh, because we had to, we had to decide I was younger. I was the only woman in the room and they had a life-size Darth Vader at the end of the table. So I was literally, <laughs> I was literally, I kept looking up and it's a life-size Darth Vader. And you kept and, hearing that theme, right? Dun, dun, if, if that dun. thing moves right now, I'm going <laughs> to lose my mind. Like if someone's playing a prank on me and there's somebody in that costume, I'm going to, oh. I, I literally had to pitch Darth Vader to make that happen, which is kind of funny. Interesting. So how long have you been doing the pitch girl? You, you mentioned for uh, a decade or two? I've been doing variations of the pitch. The first company I had is called 15-secondpitch.com um, because people would always put the dash in. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to brand it that way. Um, I've been doing, I started that in 2002. And the reason why is after 9-11 in New York City and in the country, everybody was out of work. You, you could have an event planning business um, the day before 9-11, three weeks after, nobody wanted to do events. Right. So everything shifted very quickly. And I said, and people started calling me up. They knew I had a good network. I was pretty good at networking. And they said, who do you know? What do you know? I'll do anything. I'll do whatever I need to make rent. And the truth is, I didn't know anybody. Um, everybody was kind of downsizing. It was very desperate. And I said, these people are going to have to pitch themselves to be able to survive. They're hmm. going to have to get good at pitching, to find a full-time gig, to find consulting work, to do whatever it is. So I didn't know what that looked like at the time, but I just started meeting people at Starbucks because they would say, they're like, well, I don't know what to do. And I'm, I, I didn't know what to do either. My business kind of tanked also. So I said, let's meet at Starbucks. Let's talk about it. And they would feel better. And I'm like, okay, that's good. I felt better. They felt better. And they say, can we meet next Tuesday at the same time? I'm like, yeah, my, my schedule was open. I got yeah, right. and, and so was theirs. I wasn't doing anything on Tuesday. So I'm like, yeah. So I started doing that. And there was a moment when somebody slipped me $30 in crumpled bills. They said, you need to take this. Mm. And they really didn't have a lot of money. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to take your money. And they said, no, I really want you to take this. You've really helped me a lot. And I said, okay, that, that's when it shifted. Mm. And I said, okay, like they, they want, they had to give me that money. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to do something. And that's, that's how the entire business started. And so what is your website? I have a couple websites. Okay. So 15-secondpitch.com, the number one five, and then dash S-E-C-O-N-D pitch.com, 15 second pitch. And also the pitch girl.com. Okay. So since you've done this for a while and you've worked with a lot of people and you know what really works and how you, the kind of people you work with, what, if you could describe an ideal client, who would that be? Someone that you is a good fit for what you do. Someone who is willing to get off their ass and take chances <laughs> and they're, they're not deathly afraid to fail. There are people that are willing, they'll put out a program. If it, if it does well, great. If it doesn't do well, let's create a new program. Let's do something new. They're not desperately afraid to fail and they have or want multiple revenue streams. Uh -huh. So it's not hugely risky if we do something and it doesn't pan out. Sometimes it takes one or two tries. Sometimes we get lucky um, with Gabby. We got lucky with 48 hour power jaunt. 
because uh, people like that concept. It was just written about in Travel and Leisure. So you, you start talking about these things and they become real. Um, so, so that's what I would say. People that are willing to really roll up their sleeves and get it done. It, there's no magic formula. There's no magic sales funnel. There's no magic PR person. You actually have to get down in the weeds and talk to people and pitch people and sometimes get on the phone to make things happen. Is it for someone that's got uh, like a, a day job, but they have a side hustle they really want to focus on and, and they're passionate about? Is that, is that a good match? I'm just curious. Or is that someone, you need someone that's really got more time? It's, you can, if you have a side hustle that's been somewhat proven. Mm, okay. So you're kind so of I'm, at least partway down that path. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're, you're partway down that path and it's looking like it's showing some promise and you've gotten some good results, but you just haven't gotten the big click that you needed, I guess. So, right. If you've had someone pull out a credit card and give you money, then <laughs> that's always a good sign. <laughs> if you if you've got sales, right. If you haven't, it's a, it's a way longer time frame than most people think to get someone to do that. It's all theoretical right. until they give you the credit card. Exactly. Well, cool, Laura. It's been, it's been great learning from you. Let's recap the, uh, the, the pitch, I guess, the, the 15 seconds. So who are you? What you do? Uh, why are you the best? That's kind of like a positioning statement. And then the yep. call to action. Did I, did I make, take good notes there? You did it. You All did right. It great. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and you, we got your websites out. We'll make sure we put links in the show notes as well. Laura, it's a pleasure chatting with you and, uh, let's, let's connect again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. And thanks again to Laura for being on the podcast slash video blog. Uh, check the show notes for links. Trade show tip of the week. What's your opening question when you're standing in your trade show booth and someone comes by? I mean, you got to have an opening line, right? So what is that? Do you say something like, hey, how you doing? Or how are you enjoying the show? Uh, no, those are no good. <laughs> nope. Your question should really try and uncover a few things. They are, are they interested in your product or service? So you got that's why you're there. So, you know, do you use whatever it is you're selling? If they do, ask how they use it. Ask what they do with it. Ask how it works. Ask how it's not working. Uncover what they use and how they use it. Then ask if they're in the market for an upgrade or what you specifically sell. In other words, you're trying to find the following things. Do they use your product? Are they ready to buy? Do they have a budget for it? Are they the decision maker? And when are they planning to buy? Got to figure out all that stuff. And if all that is in alignment with, yes, I can sell them something, then you need to both figure out what the next step is. Is that a phone call like tomorrow or am I emailing you in a week? Am I sending you a package of samples? Whatever that may be, as long as you both agree on it and get all that contact information in there. So that's that's kind of your, your selling strategy. The next step is to agree on that follow-up. It all starts with asking a good question or two or three. All right. So this week's one good thing before we wrap it up. You familiar with uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo? The, the huge book that uh, came out in, I think, 2005, written by uh, Stig Larsson, Swede, who died in 2004 of a heart attack at the age of 50 before any of that stuff came out. He'd written three books, and a fourth was partly done, maybe mostly done, but the three were published. They were big hits. They made uh, a couple movies in Sweden. They made a miniseries. There's like a nine-hour miniseries on the th first three books. I think I've seen it, you know, with English subtitles. Uh, at least a couple of times. I don't know. I really like the books. And anyway, they, as soon as those three were out, uh, of course, 
uh, with him gone, they had to, if they wanted to continue it, they found another author. David uh, Legercrantz wrote a couple of follow-ups. The Girl in the Spider's Web. I believe they made that into a movie starring Claire Foy as Lisbeth Salander, the main character. And then following that was The Girl Who Takes an Eye for an Eye. Now there's another one, uh, a third one from David Legercrantz, the sixth in the series, The Girl Who Lived Twice. It's uh, this week's one good thing. As of this recording, I'm, you know, about um, yeah, two-thirds of the way through. It's pretty entertaining. I like this stuff. It's <laughs> highly recommended if you're a fan of these characters in that time and place in Sweden and kind of investigative journalism and mysteries and things like that. It's good stuff. All right, that wraps it up for this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Go leave us a review and a couple of thumbs up on uh, Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. And go check out the blog as well, tradeshowguyblog.com if you haven't been there for a while. And the new website, Trade Show Guy. <laughs> Net. All right.